0: Morning, 4amers. Nice to have you company. How are, are you? well this morning? Already people have been tweeting me pictures of the poppies at the tower. Boris wants them to stay longer. But uh, one of my uh, texters says, uh, best time to go and see them now. Nobody up there at all, and it's lit, of course. Uh, the festive latte, which is as fatty as a Big Mac. The producer couldn't believe it. He went, no. I said, yes. Not that he needs to worry about things like that. Uh, we've got the doll that's going to drive all the kids mad at Christmas. This one holds a conversation. They've moved on apace. Uh, Rudolph's on the menu at Lidl. I don't see why we should be particularly worried about that. In Lapland and a place like that, they eat eat Rudolph all the time. And the worst high street in Britain. We name and shame on LBC. Between now and 6.30. So I hope you're well. Yesterday, what did I do yesterday? I'm trying to think what I did yesterday. God, it was cold. God, it was freezing. I'm so glad. That I bought my new winter coat, Marks & Spencers, one of the few winter items that's actually... And I did buy the other day, and I'm not sure whether or not to remonstrate with myself. I'd, I'd been into Marks & Spencers in Richmond a few few uh, weeks ago. Well, well, about a week ago. And um, they had some jumpers in. They're Christmas jumpers. And they've got... Uh, one of them's got pictures of Robins on, and the other one's got Merry Christmas. Uh, they're quite nice, actually. And they're £25 each, which I thought was quite reasonable for a for a jumper... So I bought all three. And the lady said to me, she said, oh, you'll, you'll be stocking up jumpers for for Christmas. And I said, yeah. I said, I think they're quite uh, quite cheap. She said, not really. And so I said, oh, why? She said, well, you can only wear them at one time a year, can't you? I thought, what do you think? I should be wearing mine all the time. I'm going to save them for Christmas. I'm not going to start wearing, well, I might, or I don't know, I haven't decided yet. I might go buy something that looks slightly... Uh, Slightly Norwegian. Because I think the, uh, the Norwegians and the Swedish and all those cold countries, they have the best jumpers going. It's the silly hats I can't get used to. They wear these really odd bobble hats with bits hanging down here. It's great if you're lapish or you live in, in Sweden and you're in Malmo and it's very cold, but it just looks ridiculous in London. It really does look absolutely ridiculous. Um, um, a top Lib Dem is in the papers today saying that the lack of women MPs is a disgrace. It is. I wonder why women don't go into it. I wonder why they don't go into it. And uh, 215 pupils sent home in two days over a uniform crackdown. Because most kids now, they go... And then then the mums and the dads staged a demonstration against the school. You can imagine what sort of people they are, can't you? Both smoke, both drink. You know, never hardly done a day's work in their life. How dare you tell my son what to wear or my daughter what to wear? Have you seen some of the outfits that kids turn up to school in nowadays? My God, we'd have been sent home if your shoes were dirty. Nowadays they turn up in trainers which cost more than the school uniform. I don't quite understand why you wouldn't want to wear the school uniform. Everybody is supposed to be proud of where they go to school but the kids have got ties all over the place. The girls skirts are practically like belts. They're really really short. In fact they're just a little bit too short in some cases. And that's obviously mothers sort of sending them out going oh you look fine dear. I think the girls hitch them up when they get down the road. I'm sure they do. They're way too short, way too short. Um, Boris, as I say, wants the poppies to stay a little bit longer. I quite like that idea. I've often said that if, if you're going to go and see the poppies, go now. Go now and see the poppies. It's worth it. If you're in London, there's buses. You can get the night bus, go all the way out to uh, to Tower Hill, get off the bus, take a picture of the poppies, and then come back home again. And you can climb back into You can be there and back in about an hour and a half. A lot of people are sending me pictures already because they've been up there taking my advice that that's what you should really do you must go and get you don't want to be surrounded by loads of other people taking pictures of poppies do you you want to be sort of there by yourself it's a humbling moment and as David Geary says the joy of working nights he says you get the place all to yourself which is very good I totally agree with you go go when it's quiet go when it's quiet um I didn't see any fireworks last night I didn't hear any fireworks Nothing. My friend Rich, who works on another one of our uh, sister stations, he said he was woken up. I think he must have gone to bed quite early last night. And he said he could hear these uh, these bangs and everything else. He said then the next-door neighbours obviously putting up a, a bracket for the screen for his television. He said, I felt like they were in the room with us because it was a hammer drill. <laughs> it's awful. You get this dreadful noise, he said. So that put me off as well. I said, you know, I climbed into bed last night, didn't hear a thing. Not one thing. I didn't hear a whiz, a bang. I thought I'd come down this morning and there'd be loads of rocket sticks all over the place. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a peep. I was very, very disappointed. Very, very disappointed. Uh, I did tweet the other day. I did go into M&S and I did buy a Christmas sandwich. And I uh, know I nearly brought it in this morning, but they uh, can't tomato. And uh, and I did I did tweet afterwards, saying, you know is, is that is that wrong on so many levels to actually buy a Christmas sandwich? Because I went to Starbucks yesterday and they were playing Christmas songs, Frosty the Snowman, you know, and all that. And I thought that seemed a bit a bit early. Uh, somebody wrote to me and said, um, no, definitely shouldn't be eating a Christmas sandwich. <laughs> it's amazing what they put between bread. I did go to Costco the other day. Because do you remember they, they, they've done away with the pastrami sandwich, which was particularly good, and they've substituted it with is it pulled pork, they call it, which is shredded pork. It's it's which is quite nice. But they put it in a bun. Well, because it's wet, it soaks into the bun and the bun falls apart. And so I sort of sat there thinking, I'm like a child of three eating food. I'm really terrible. Really terrible. So in the end I sort of I kind of left it. Which was, uh, which was good. Who's off to the jungle? Well, apart from, uh, they were saying that Melanie Sykes could go out there, which is great. As long as she stays there, I'll be more than happy. Eaten by a crocodile, that'd be good fun. And, uh, and now they're saying that some bloke from the X Factor, I don't know why, he's, it's, he's, he's, he's not a celebrity. Nobody on the X Factor is a celebrity. They're just a bit desperate. And they've said Gemma Collins. Well, she'll never cope at all. she can't even cope in Essex. The idea that the fat one could actually cope out in it. Mind you, it could be good for losing weight for her. That could be good. I mean, if they sort of cut down on food. But uh, I think you'll see the other side of her, and it's not pleasant. We've seen it a few times on the programme where she's, she's lost her temper. And I think, you know, if I was a celebrity, which I'm not, and I was going out there, I'd be looking at her going, what are you doing here? And she'll be in that funny little voice. You, I mean, you know, I don't know, what, I don't know what the purpose of her going out there is. Presumably no other work. No other work. Uh, Dad says, "What year was the Gunpowder Plot? Uh, Sixteen something. I can't remember. It failed miserably, though, didn't it? It failed. But you have to ask yourself the question: What would have happened had they succeeded? What would have happened because they went into the undercroft with the with the gunpowder? Cause then they didn't hang around too too long. <coughs> uh, another one here says, "Can you repeat what you thought of Mr. Turner?" I think we'd all. I don't know if that was uh, addressed to Ollie Mann or not, but uh, I can tell you that Timothy Spall is brilliant. I'd love to get him in for an in conversation. Absolutely love to get him in because I think he's a cracking actor. I saw him being interviewed, I think it was on, was it Graham Norton? Might have been one of those shows, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So I thought he would be a good one to get in. Uh, On the. uh, Oh, we've got uh, pictures. Just to let you know. Says Brian, the early morning pre-sunrise visit to the Tower of London paid off. I got there at 6.45 and there was just a handful of people doing the same thing. So I've attached a couple of prick pictures. Then did a brisk walk all the way back to Marble Arch. And then I needed a hip replacement as well as a copy. As a, well as a coffee, Not bad for 72, he said. Let's have a look at the picture you got. See, that's, that's the time of the morning you need to go. That's early. And uh, you can get the best pictures of it. Go now. Because you can get a cup of coffee up there, you're about to find somewhere, and uh, and then just wait till the sun comes up and take the pictures. Because that's a good one, bro. First time I've ever seen it that empty. Because later in the day it gets rammed because people are not listening to this program and they're uh, they're not heeding the advice. It's lovely. That is is absolutely the best time to go. Absolutely the best time to go. They look lovely. I know that Boris was saying let's keep it bit a bit longer. I don't think we should. I think it should be just reserved for a short period of time. Looks lovely though, doesn't it? Each one representing uh, the life of a, of a soldier. Quite moving, quite moving. And uh, they're all sold. Every single one of these ceramic poppies has been sold. I'm surprised nobody's climbed in there and nicked them. You know, I'm surprised we haven't seen copies turning up. Oh, I tell you, talking of copies turning up, I got, I got a bit, uh, bit anxious this morning. I ordered a pump the other day. Uh, don't ask me why. I just decided to order a pump, OK? And it's battery-operated pump, but it's quite nice, and I'm quite pleased with it. And I ordered it on Amazon. In fact, I've ordered quite a few things on Amazon recently. But I've noticed more and more often the companies I'm dealing with are not in this country. They're not even on the Isle of Man. They're not even in Europe. Where are they? China. The majority of items that feature on Amazon are from China, I've ordered all sorts of, uh, of little things over the, uh, over the last 10 or 11 months. And, it's, and I've thought to myself, they've said, oh, we've now dispatched your items. You sit there thinking it's going to arrive, you know, in a couple of days. No, 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 no. Six weeks sometimes. Six weeks to get these items through. And it's because they've come from China. Kowloon, the last thing came from. And I know damn well that this pump that I've ordered is, is going to be coming from China because they sent back a week ago, it's been dispatched, and I should have checked on the name of the company, but sometimes they hide it, because they know that a lot of you don't want to order from from China, because it takes ages to get here. I've not lost anything yet. That's the interesting thing. I've not lost anything, and they turn it out cheaply. I bought some little... um, I'll find it here. This won't mean anything to you on the radio. Absolutely won't mean anything to you on the radio. No, no, I'm fine. fine. I bought these little things. I've got a thing about little lights. Don't ask me why. Like little little lights, okay? And they come in all, all different colours. They come in blues and reds and green. And I think it's called a finger phaser. I think that's what they call it. And, uh, and it's got a little thing on it, a little uh, elastic band, so you can say... Woo, 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 like that. And it, all it is... Yes, lights for bikes. Well, it's like a light for a bike, and you could sort of wave this around. And I thought for Halloween or for Christmas, you know, you could attach them to the cat or something like that or sort of superglue them to the dog's ears just to make it look marginally more interesting. And so I ordered these, and they were, they were dirt cheap. They were about six quid, less than six quid for about 30 of them. And they arrived in a little jiffy bag all the way from Kowloon. So somewhere there's a little factory that is turning out little tiddly lights which kids are fascinated by. In fact, actually, even a friend of mine, I did it the other day. He said, what's that? Because people know what it is. He said, what's that? I went, I'm not telling you. He said, show me what it is. I said, no. I became quite adamant, you know. And the more somebody says to me, show me, the more I go, no, I'm not going to show you. I've become quite difficult. It's difficult to imagine that, isn't it, really? So they're, they're called finger phases, but I liked, I liked playing with them. Anyway, so that had nothing at all. What was I going? I can't remember. Oh, yes, time check. I knew there was something this morning. I knew we were going to be all over the place. I don't know why we're going to be all over the place, because there's, there's a load of stories in the papers. Unfortunately, many of them do involve the word Christmas. And the reason I apologise is because many parents listening will be going, shut up about Christmas, because it's very expensive. Because children see something advertised on the telly and they go, oh, I'll have that. They have no concept of the price. No concept of the price at all. So they see something and it comes up now. You know, it's nothing to see a present at £200 or £80 or £90. And the kids go, oh, we'll have that. And of course, if they don't get it, they go to school and all their friends go, what do you get for Christmas? And they go, got a satsuma and a finger phaser. And they go, not very exciting, is it? We got an Xbox. And that's why, you know, it's it's all one-upmanship. It's like wearing the right trainers. Luckily, when you get to my age, you come in here, who cares where your clothes come? Nobody's ever looked at me and gone, oh, shoes, Marks and Spencer's. They never said that to me. If I was wearing trainers, they'd be going, oh, you've got the wrong trainers on. You've got to have the right stuff nowadays. But uh, not for me. I'm just more than happy to sit here with my little cup of coffee and my little finger phaser and one of these. Steve. Today it's called Clegg. Oh, there's some things to talk about in the papers. Loads of things. Nick Ferrari and the team with you at 7 o'clock this morning. And it's called Clegg, so it's your opportunity to talk to the Deputy Prime Minister. Uh, 1605 was the gunpowder plot. 1605. Um, <coughs> there were about five of them, I think. 36 barrels of gunpowder. And it was fair. We couldn't remember what had happened to the, the perpetrators of the crime. Uh, Catesby and Percy escaped the executioner uh their bodies were exhumed though and decapitated and their heads exhibited on spikes outside the house of lords and on a cold 30th of january everard (coughs) (coughs) excuse me everard digby robert wintour john grant and thomas bates were tied to hurdles these were these wooden panels and they'd drag you through the streets so literally every every sort of bump everything that was it Uh, They were dragged through the crowded streets to St Paul's churchyard. Digby, the first to mount the scaffold, asked the spectators for forgiveness and refused the attentions of a Protestant clergyman, stripped of his clothing and wearing only a shirt. He climbed the ladder to place his head through the noose. He was quickly cut down and whilst fully conscious, he was castrated, disembowelled and then quartered. So while they were still alive, they did this. And uh, the following day, Thomas Wintour, Ambrose Rookwood, Robert Keyes and Guy Fawkes were also hanged, drawn and quartered. Uh, Keyes didn't wait for the hangman's command and jumped from the gallows, but he survived the drop and was led to the quartering block. They obviously had something called a quartering block. I've never heard of a quartering block. And although weakened by his torture, Guy Fawkes managed to jump from the gallows and break his neck, thus avoiding the agony of the gruesome latter part of the execution, because the hanging bit only took place to further their their pain and suffering. This was public. This was public executions. And um, and then they were cut down whilst they were still alive, because before, when when people were executed, if they were just hanged, their friends would come and drag on their legs to hasten the end as quick as possible because it could take up to 20 minutes for somebody to to die because they didn't work out, they hadn't worked out in those days that the drop equaled the weight of the person. You didn't want the head to come off. It was just supposed to sever, I think, the sixth uh, vertebrae in the spine, I think. I'm sure that's what it was. But uh, nowadays, of course, in other countries, it's done a little bit more... I was going to say humanely, as if you could ever have anything like that, humanely. I can't, can't even think about it. But then what they would do, they would sort of cut them down, and then whilst they were alive, they would be stripped, tied to this hurdle thing. Bearing in mind, they've just survived the uh, the hanging bit. And then the executioner would climb up next to them, and with a knife, would draw it down through their stomach, drag out their intestines, and uh, and then they would then they would cut them to pieces. So they were still alive. I don't know how long it took for them to die. Dreadful. I know that when we did burnings... If you paid extra, your friends would give you packets of dynamite, which you would put in your pockets so that when the flames reached you, you would blow up as opposed to having to stand there and watch your skin melting before your eyes. I don't know how long that would take. When you think about it, the things that we actually did and and the executions that we had, I know that we executed inside the Tower of London, but the majority of the executions were outside. I think even down at Charing Cross there were there were gallows there. Hounslow Heath there were gallows, full of highwaymen, because that was the place where the highwaymen went and they uh, and they hanged people there to sort of put people off, Didn't put people off at all. The death penalty, as we discussed the other day, has never actually been a deterrent because otherwise we wouldn't have any crime, and we have. We appear to have more crime now than than ever before. Eight three five zero. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Pat says, uh, poppies, no, shouldn't stay longer, largely misses the impact. It's truly beautiful and makes you think about the waste of life in war. Looking forward to getting my poppy. Yep, because they're all sold. People want them now. You should probably get them early January, I think. Probably early January you'll, you'll be getting them in, which is uh, which is lovely, isn't it? Lovely. So, uh, oh, I don't know, I've lost my thing now. Where am I going here? Can't find me my text messages. Sorry, I think, sorry. That's that. Oh, there they are, thank you. See, always ask the experts. No good me sitting here trying to work these things out. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. What sort of pump is it? It's a water pump. It's a water pump. It looks like a long bicycle pump, but it's electronic because it's got batteries in it. Don't ask me what I bought it for. I just thought I just saw it. It was nine quid. I should have realised it's going to come from China. Uh, Jean says, I took your advice and bought the mince pies, which were very nice in Iceland. Uh, Adrian says, will you be attending Winter Wonderland this year? Will I ever? Of course I will. There's always a good crowd of us go up there. We generally take about eight, eight people up there. And we just have a, uh, I think this year there's going to be a few more of us. We have just, we, we, we drink hot chocolate with brandy in it. Which kind of gives you, it fortifies you and gives you a bit more energy for sitting on some of the rides which are almost stomach churning. We went on one, it was inside a big tent. It was all black inside. And it was a zigzag car. So you're sitting in the car and it sort of, as it got to the corner, it spun round and then you went round the next bit. Have you been to San Francisco? There's that road that goes down like, it's a bit like that, only when you're in a car that's spinning round. My God, we felt ill when we came off it. And the roller coaster, Lord, must have been made for much smaller people. Much smaller people. Uh, Right, uh, this one here. Uh, Mo says, my daughter's ordered three of the poppies. Well, I hope she's got them because they've all sold. They've sold them all out. And, uh, and people, uh, people obviously wanted them. They wanted them. Jungle Secrets, Melanie Sykes, obviously no work on the cards at all, and for poor Gemma Collins, I mean, a career that's washed up, dear, I don't know what you're doing going in there, it's a, but mind you, I suppose it's, uh, as it comes to an end, and we've kind of seen the error of your way, I mean, everybody, it's all falling apart in Essex, have you noticed? That, you know, normally Essex people are very good at keeping relationships. Unfortunately, for the only way is Essex. Uh, it's a case of not one of them can keep a relationship going. They're all a total disaster, none more so than poor Gemma Collins. I think the last time she was out with some criminal, wasn't she? Some bloke who'd come out of prison for cocaine dealing. And you think, well, that's about the best you're going to get, dear. And mind you, of course, she should have realised she went out with Arge, didn't you? And uh didn't she? Didn't you? Who am I talking to? And um he, of course, had just been dropped and suspended for alleged cocaine use. So perhaps she's strangely drawn to things like that. Awful, awful. Uh, Gary says, don't send anything back to China. Costs a fortune. Oh, I wouldn't bother. I'd never send anything back to China. Um, because one of the little lights, because I took them all out and tested them, you know, just, just to see if they all worked. And they did. They've really got... But to be honest with you, for what they actually cost, why would you bother sending it back? It's not worth it. It's... That was the whole idea about anything bought in China. Cheap and cheerful. Cheap and cheerful, and that's, uh, that's the way I like it. I'm good in things like that. That's why I like the pound shop. Uh, 84850, steve there's, uh, We've got a Westminster scandal, which is taking place in the papers In fact, not just a Westminster scandal, but there's a prison scandal. Just when you thought the, the Jimmy Savile debacle, it turns out that just about everybody was abused. In one prison, 900 people have come forward to say that they were abused. 900 people. That's almost double the amount. Not as many as in in Rochdale, though, is it? Rochdale, Rotherham? And here we have a former pupil who claims he was drugged and sexually abused at his school, age 14, by a coalition minister. But apparently he said he gave me a pill, I woke up naked and felt I'd been assaulted. Police probing historical allegations will not question the minister as a suspect. Because it's too easy now for somebody to just say, this happened to me, but with no evidence. And you know that we have a lot of mental illness in the country. You know, you don't know whether these people are just making up stories. They reckon that there's a percentage, quite a big percentage in the Jimmy Savile case, who've just made it up. Police are set to arrest as well 18 prison warders in a sex attack inquiry. Isn't it amazing how all of a sudden, and it's only over the last, what is it, two or three years, that we've had these uh, allegations of historical sex attacks inside schools, inside prisons. 18 prison wardens in these uh, sex attacks. A police are certain a paedophile ring was operating inside the prison. Why well, could it be a paedophile? How old were these people inside this place? Uh, 24 prison officers were identified as suspects. Six have died since they worked at the. Bo- oh, it's a still. Several understood to be still working within the prison service. I mean, you don't know how much of it is true and how much of it is people who are in prison because they're either liars or they're thieves or they're all sorts of things. So you don't know whether it is true or not. This particular boy says that the... uh, Well, he's a man now, he's 50-something, I think. And he says the police are treading on eggshells, not speaking to him. Well, what they have to do in these cases is they have to look at it and say, did this happen or did this not happen? And if there's no evidence, you know, you can't just sort of... Although, uh, that happened, didn't it, with Paul Gambaccini? He waited a year. No charges. Lots of other people. No charges. But unfortunately, in some small-minded people's mind, these people are guilty because they've been in the newspapers, which, of course, is not the case. Uh, Leathered. Sounds a bit erotic, doesn't it, I suppose? Leathered. 215 pupils sent home for breaking strict footwear and uniform rules. So they sent them and they went, no, you're not appropriately dressed for the school. I see really badly dressed pupils. Uh, And it's not just the girls, it's the boys as well. And so this particular school is is cutting back. Hanson Academy introduced these enforcements after the half-term break and turned away pupils. Good. Good. One of the angry mums. Here she is. She's got the Croydon facelift going on. Refusing education for what somebody's wearing on their feet is a step too far. You stupid woman. You stupid woman! Listen, it's called, you have to adhere to the rules. If there are rules saying this is what you wear for school, that's what you wear. It's people like you that are quite clearly the rebellious type. Not very bright. LBC News Time, 4.30. (laughs) Morning, everybody. Thursday. Thursday. Happy with Thursday? Yes. Very happy. The subject of the gay cake came up again the other day. And when I first heard it, I thought, this is where we had this... I thought it was going back to that story of what is a gay cake. I thought Battenberg would be fairly gay. I just uh, I don't know why. Pink and pink and uh, yellow. And, and then I just thought it looked like a gay cake. And it turns out it's this bakery in Ireland where a couple go along and they want a cake made to celebrate. I can't even remember what it was now. I really can't remember. And it's in Northern Ireland. And the bakery has said, no, we, we don't do cake We're a Christian bakery. I've never heard of such a thing before. I thought a bakery, a bakery, bakery. Uh, they're a Christian bakery and they don't want to do a cake for a gay couple. To be honest with you, I'm quite surprised to find a gay couple in Northern Ireland because frankly they are struggling to leave the 19th century at the moment. So I don't know whether or not they're actually going to make it. But anyway, it's, it's gone further. They're going to take them to court. They're going to take them to court over this, what they say is discrimination. And there's a very good chance they could win. Because if you remember, we had the, we've had a couple of cases whereby people have had guest houses and somebody's made a booking and then and they've said, yes, that's fine, blah, blah, blah. And when they've got there, they've discovered it's two men or two women. And they say, uh, no, I'm sorry, we don't, uh, we don't rent rooms out to same-sex couples because we're, we're Christian. Now, of course, the argument was that it's a bed and breakfast that's that's blatant discrimination. That's like saying I'm terrorist. You know, somebody books it and you know da da da, and they turn up and they get terrorist. Sorry, we don't we don't allow black people in this hotel. That's discrimination. We don't allow Asian people. We don't allow you know. And yet, I'm sure if you turned up with one leg, you'd be okay. You know, soldiers would be okay with things like that. But for some reason, they've got this thing about they don't want to do a cake for a gay couple. I don't know why. I wouldn't does it make any difference? And ask you to sleep with them for goodness sake. It's just a cake. Somebody ices it. Does it make any difference? I'm sure if I went to Costco and had a cake with sort of Bob and Pete on the top of it, they're not going to go, well, we're not doing that, because they're in the real world. But obviously this, this sort of couple decided they want to take it further. And, you know, you would be, if you were discriminated against, you would think, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not in the dark ages. We're really not in the dark ages. We're, sort of, we're in the year 2014, and uh, this sort of thing should be OK. People shouldn't be bothered by this anymore, but some people are. But then they shouldn't really have businesses unless they're going to be discriminatory and say, uh, we don't want to serve any gay people here. Uh, how long, says Bill, before the people put the poppies on eBay? Oh, well, I'm <laughs> glad you raised that point. I was thinking about the same thing because they're worth money, aren't they? There's only so many of them. Uh, Scott, the taxi driver, says, I'm your 19,613th follower on Twitter. Can't be long before you break 20k. I look at some people on Twitter, they've got millions. Millions and millions of people. I think Tom daly has got 2.6 million or something. I think he's bought them. I think he's bought them. You can buy them. I, I do know... I won't actually tell you who, but I do know a certain radio presenter who bought half of his, uh, his numbers. Because, to be honest with you, his, his audience figures are dire, but he's bought these... I don't want to mention any names or anything. You know, it's not in my nature, as you know, to uh, to pour scorn on other people. I don't do that very often occasionally. Uh, (laughs) uh, Kevin in London listens to the programme. It's always a good start, isn't it? And uh, when you described the method of execution, I thought a 1605, Steve Allen would moan, they're too soft these days. Actually, I've often said on this programme that if we had public executions at Tower Hill or anywhere else around London, the crowds would be vast. I mean, they have them in Saudi Arabia, they still have the public executions... People herded into a stadium to watch somebody being beheaded. They still have things like that. I mean, I'm not advocating we should ever have it here, but I'm telling you, if it went on television, it would get a bigger audience than you could ever imagine. People would be morbidly fascinated. I can remember a DVD coming out for sale years ago. I think it was just called Execution. And what it turned out to be, it was a right lot of old hooey, it was just old uh, war stuff that they'd cobbled together to show you people being executed, either by firing squad or by hanging. And that, and that's that's what... They did. That's what we did in those days. Just going back to the, uh, the school story, um, 63 pupils were sent home, 152 on Tuesday. This is in uh, Bradford. Most of them were wrapped for wearing the wrong sort of footwear, but others flouted bands on hooped earrings and dyed hair. Because if you go to school, that's what you abide by. So when you get some stupid mother, Lindsay who's going, refusing education for what somebody's wearing their feet is a step too far. Well, why don't they just all turn up naked, Lindsay? According to your reckoning, that should be OK, as long as they're being taught. No, 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 no. You wear a uniform, you're identifiable. So if your little offspring decides to go out and cause trouble, we can go, we know which school you go to, because we can see which school you go to. And also, you're meant to be proud. You're meant to be proud of going to school. You know, your lackadaisical approach is quite, you know, it's, it's bordering on Jeremy Kyle. And I did see Jeremy Carley the other day. My God, where'd they get these people? I've never seen so many ugly people. I mean, really, really ugly. And there was a woman on there, and her boyfriend and her mother. She was so foul-mouthed. I Seriously, I mean, you look at these people and think, thank God they don't live anywhere near me. And the woman's there, and they've got the boyfriend, and he wanted to know through the lie detector test uh, whether she'd slept with anybody else. She'd slept with half the blooming county, by the sound of it. And, uh, and she said, anyway, I don't... And she, was, she then became really quite foul-mouthed. I don't believe your lie detector test. You know, I think it's rubbish and this and that. And I was thinking, it's a lie detector test. It's very rarely wrong. It's a polygraph, isn't it? That's what they do. It, that's how it works. It works in all sorts of things. And she was just a basic liar. She was one of these sort of people who sit there and you go black and she go white. You go, No, it's black. You go, it's white. She was so thick... And so dumb. And then her mother came on. My God. I mean, she looked like she'd been dragged through the hedge backwards. And she starts shouting at the girl's boyfriend, uh, saying, you cheated and all the rest of it. And Jeremy Carr goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. He hasn't. He's passed the lie detector test. He didn't cheat at all. So then old, ugly bag calms down a little bit as another tooth fell out of her mouth. I mean, seriously, we were looking Hammer House of Horror, you know, before makeup. And they still look bad. And then they sit there. The language from these people is just phenomenal. Small wonder the police have a hilarious job of arresting them. They had a woman the other day arrested on one of these interceptor programmes. And she, st- she was a junkie. And she started spitting at the cameraman. And you think police have to put up with this. Who in God's name would want to be a policeman? So when you get a school and you get some daft mother like Lindsay saying, you know, these people, what they're wearing on their feet. No, that's what the rule is. If my boss comes to me next week and says, by the way, Steve, starting from next year, it's a T-shirt and hot pants. That's what the company have decreed. Whoopie-doo, whoopie-doo. I'm all ready. And uh, and no more fake tans. Then that's what I wear. If you want to work for a particular company and they say this is what you wear, that's what you wear. That's what it is. I mean, to be honest with you, I think tight hot pants is the way forward. You know, not for everybody. I'm lucky. I've got the figure. I can carry it off a little bit. Well, I can wear lederhosen, so put it that way. I don't think hot pants is too far away from it. But if that's what the companies say you have to wear, it's like Warren. If he's going flying, they say, you know, he says, oh, I just want to wear my jeans and trainers. They go, no, you're part of cabin crew. This is what you wear. This is the uniform, and you make sure you're as smart as possible. I've got people where I live who are cabin crew as well, and they seem to spend most of their time ironing white shirts, but they're always immaculate, so that's what they say. You know, if if you actually got on a plane, and somebody's sitting there and their uniforms all rumpled up and their hair's dirty and they haven't done their makeup, you know, and, th- and their teeth are dreadful, then you're going to go. I think we'll fly with somebody else. So when you get some stupid mother who goes, you know, it's not right. It doesn't matter. It, of course, it doesn't matter what they're wearing on their feet. But there's a rule, and the rule is this: is what the school uniform is. And if you're too stupid to realise it. Quite clearly, you know, perhaps your child should be thrown out of school, because that's what it is. It's like you know, if you go in for a job and you're working at Marks and Spencers, that's the uniform. That's what you wear. If you don't want to wear that, that uniform, go away. Go somewhere else, and stand there on a street corner looking like a complete div. But you know, if they say this is what you wear, you're not coming into school with trainers on. You're wearing shoes, and we did. And perhaps we, perhaps we were a little bit Lord Fauntleroy. But my parents, because my father was in the forces, on a Sunday night for the for the weekend, you would polish your shoes. You would actually. We had a shoe polishing kit. It was a box, and inside was all the different cherry blossom, black, uh, brown, something for doing your your whitening of your trainers or plimsolls in my day. And that's what you had. And you cleaned your shoes because you went to school. You wanted to look smart. People turn up looking like they've just literally climbed out of bed. Their mothers, bless their little cotton socks, drive them to school. Make them get the bus. It's raining. Get the bus. Small wonder they arrived there half asleep, not ready. If you actually had a walk to the bus stop and then you've had to get on a bus and you've had to get off the other end to do a bit of walking, by the time you actually get to school lessons, you're awake. You know, don't do it, don't get paid. End of, says Warren. Of course, can you imagine if everybody rebelled on British Airways or, you know, on Ryanair? Not that I think it matters too much on Ryanair, but. And they said, this is the... You go there and somebody will look at you and go, go and clean your shoes. They look dirty. They look dirty. And that's what it is. You're supposed to look... You know, if somebody turns up um, and they've got egg all down their front and their hair's a mess and, you know, and you just look at it and think, oh, God, you haven't even bothered having a shave. You're going to send them away again. So it's quite easy to find another dumb mother. And here she is, Lindsay Stansfield. It's a step too far, she says. (laughs) Good Lord. Oh, dear. Student, Joe White who was sent home for not displaying his school ID, grumbled, the only thing they've caused us to waste is our education. Well, quite clearly you're not interested in education, are you, stupid boy? Because if you had any sense of pride, you'd be adhering to what the school tells you. As I say, if my boss comes back to me and says, from next week, everybody in the company will wear white shirts with a tie with your name badge on there, then that's what I wear. If I don't want to do that, then I can go somewhere else. I get so cross on this programme sometimes, I'll just get so excited. Quarter to five. <laughs> Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to, to uh, five. White Blanco, says Daz. White Blanco. Do you remember White Blanco? It came in a, It was a tin, I seem to remember, and you wet your sponge and put it in there and then... Or was that... Or did White Blanco come in a tube? I can't remember, actually. I'm, perhaps I'm thinking of Cardinal Red, when people used to do their uh, their steps outside the front door. White Blanco. So we type in White Blanco... And what do we get? A lot of white goods, like sinks and stuff like that. Uh, white Blanco, they are white, keeps white shoes white. And uh, it, was, it was a cake product in a tin, but then it became uh, a liquid in a bottle with a sponge at the end of it. You must have seen those, and you turn it upside down. No, just me again. <sighs> I love the way that you haven't heard of of these things. That's the trouble. They're so young nowadays. You go, Blanco, and they go, pardon? You get Blanco. I mentioned a celebrity the other day, and somebody said, I've never heard of them. I felt a bit embarrassed, really. <laughs> a bit embarrassed about the whole thing, but never mind. So, White Blanco, cleaning your shoes. That's what people did. You cleaned your shoes. And if you were in the army, if your shoes weren't up to scratch, and my father used to melt with a candle the uh, the shoe wax and pour it over, and then buff it up so you could practically see your face in it. There was an art to doing your shoes. And your boots, if you are in the army, you couldn't just sort of wipe them over. They had to be gleaming. And that's what you're in there for. It's discipline. If you don't have discipline, then you've got nothing. Can you imagine if they said to the army people, uh, wear whatever you like, really. Doesn't make any difference. You know, wear, wear whatever you feel like. And you'd go, well, that's not going to work, is it? That's not going to work at all. Uh, did you know... Steve, that uh, all of these shows are scripted. Well, they're, they're the same as The Only Way Essex. What they do is, they've obviously explained to them beforehand, listen, we're going to rip you apart on the set. Because otherwise, by now, Jeremy Kyle would be face down in a gutter with a knife between his shoulder blades, I should imagine. Because half of these people are just, they've got some illness. But in The Only Way is Essex, they give them a storyline. They say, this is what you're going to be doing now. And then they have to play along with it. That's why most of them are just complete idiots. Because they can't act at all. But when a relationship splits up, that's when I laugh. Because they just can't do it. John in Billericay says he had to scrape the ice off his car windows. It was a bit chilly out in the in the burbs this morning. And, uh, love your show, says Siobhan. Have to go to get up for school and work tomorrow. No coughing while I'm away. No, I'm, I'm quite good, actually. I'm quite good. At, I'm, I'm sort of... The, the coughing's getting better, I've discovered. It's, it's a congested chest. That's what it is. It's a congested chest. Uh, Lola says, you made me laugh out loud. My dad... Who was XREF used to make us clean our shoes, myself and my brother on a Sunday night. It was a chore that I hated. I was so glad when I outgrew Clarks. <laughs> the Apprentice, most scripted show I know, says Warren. Idiots. Oh, the apprentice, aren't they ghastly? Um, the Blonde one, yes, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> I agree with you, actually. Is that James? Is that James? Ian says, As parents, we signed a contract with a school about uniforms, homework behaviour. Perhaps his parents can't read. Well, I mean, I, I agree. It's called discipline. That's all it is. When you go to the workplace, you, you make the best effort. I can remember years ago going into, where did I go, Fortman and Mason's, downstairs into the booze department, and I was horrified that two of the people serving in there had the filthiest shoes I've ever seen. If I'd been department head, I'd have gone, out, go and get some shoe polish, clean your shoes. You're making, you know, people are paying top prices in here. You make sure you look the part. That's it. You know, you've got to look the part. How many people are working on the Madeleine McCann case? How many people are working on the Madeleine McCann case? They've just reduced it. They've just reduced the number of detectives. Two detective sergeants and four detective constables have left the team over the past year. What does that leave? Twenty-three. Twenty-three detectives are working on this. In this, what in God's name do they do? What in God's? So far, it's cost seven point three million pounds and I have to hold my hands up and go where where is the end is there any end in sight do they ever get to that stage where they then say we're not you know we're not going to spend any more money we can't there's thousands of other children that we'd love to spend this sort of money on that would be the that would be the best thing So they're now saying some more suspects are facing interrogation. It's going to go nowhere. You want it to, but you just know in your heart of hearts, don't you, that it's absolutely not going to go anywhere at all. Uh, We've got the nation's most prolific shoplifter in the paper this morning as well. This is uh, a guy called David James Archer. He's 59. He's quite clearly obviously got drink problems. And uh, he's been in court now for the 266th time. Just nearly, just short of 270 appearances for stealing a belt... And uh, his lawyer said, my client has a new dog. In fact, he says it's pining for him he's away. Listen, if somebody's a prolific shoplifter, they lie through their teeth. He's ended up, he's got a new flat in Rill. I want to be a shoplifter. I want a new flat in Rill as well. Why do we pander to these people? He's been handed a six-week jail term, suspended for 12 months, for a different offence just last week. I mean, he's spent apparently the last 28 years in prison. I mean, fr- what's the point of keeping these people? They're idiots. Absolutely idiots. Absolute idiots. Two hundred and sixty six time, they give them a suspended sentence. Oh, look, picture of Melanie Sykes, the desperado. And she might be going to the jungle. Uh, the Untold Secrets. Uh, how, how do they get these celebrities? Well, their agents generally write in and go, oh, look, why don't, you, why don't you have Gemma Collins? She's not doing anything ever. And uh, she'll be a lot of fun. She's very bouncy. She's certainly bouncy. Whether she's fun or not, I think, is another matter. And uh, some people survive and some people don't survive. And I suspect that Gemma Collins will just fall apart after day one and we'll all have a good old laugh at her. I think there should be a ruling that, you know, once you're in there, you stay there. You can go and sit on the naughty chair or something. Of course, they, they had lots of famous bust-ups. The famous one was Brian the Idiot Harvey. someone the one who turned up at Downing Street the other day demanding to see the Prime Minister. Not all there in the brain department, I'm afraid. And he breaks wind in front of Janet Street Porter, who's cooking... And she goes, it's so inappropriate, which I thought was actually putting it quite politely. If somebody's cooking, he did it in her face. And he then, you know, being the idiot that he is, and we all know what a complete and utter buffoon he is, he then sort of said, are you telling me 16 million people, not that 16 million people were watching the programme, but he was a bit delusional then, you know, they think that's inappropriate, do they? And I thought, yes, they do. Yes, they do. They do think it's inappropriate when somebody's cooking to do that. But uh, she said he's just an oaf. I thought that was I thought a simpleton, a simpleton. They've all had big bust-ups. Rona Cameron came up with uh, with her thing. She was talking about Tony Blackburn, and she said she was talking about you know somebody said why would you do this? She said sometimes he does this, sometimes sometimes Tony's a bit slower, and Tony thought about it afterwards, and he went I think that was a bit of an insult, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because different. Ev- what she was saying was everybody's different. Everybody's different. Some people didn't survive at all. There was the big bust-up between Sophie the Drip Anderton and. Um, Oh, was the other one? It was one of the Appleton sisters. My God, they're out to lunch, aren't they? And this is the one... They were shouting at each other. It was quite appalling to watch. But you suddenly realise that's why they're nobodies. That's why they're nobodies. They haven't achieved anything. They've just become complete and utter idiots. Complete and utter idiots. So we'll have to watch it again. Uh, there will be lots of uh, things. They have a medic out there. Uh, some people last just a few days and they walk out. Because they get the money, don't they? So they go and sit in the Versace Hotel... Um, Melanie Sykes, best known for nothing. Nothing at all, actually. We can't think of anything that she's known for, apart from being sort of fairly ancient. She's only 44. That uh, they say she's kept a low profile. She's had no work. Not a case of she's kept a low profile. Whereas Gemma Collins joined the Only Ways Essex in 2011, but her jungle outing means she'll not be back in 2015 as she bids for her own show. The woman's... Have you, have you ever heard her talking? It's like listening to a three-year-old. It's really embarrassing, I'm afraid. Very, very embarrassing. Uh, the little boy, Asher, the one who's recovering from brain cancer, they've released a, a video showing that it's working. This beam therapy appears to be working. Remember the hospital said, no, you can't have it. This was Southampton, wasn't it? Southampton General. And uh, that's when they went abroad. That's when they went abroad. Uh, White Blanco... uh that stuff that leaked onto your hands, I remember. My dad used to have it to blanco his canvas army belt when in summer kit, when it was posted to the Azores. Us kids used it in the 50s on our white Clark sandals, says Diana. I to, Isn't it funny how, over the years, people have started talking about trainers, whereas in our day, in our day, we had plimsolls, and they, and they were all white, and you had to, you had to sort of blanco them up. My God, it was rubbish. It really, really was. But at least they all looked clean, but that's what you did. Paul in Poplar says, if we bring back public executions, would Simon Cowell take them on tour first? Oh, I think so, yes. I think that, <laughs> that would that would be par for the court. You'd have to get them to release a record. I think that, that would be very funny if they released a record and then we had the public execution. But that's what we had. That's what we had in this country. We had public executions. They still have them in other, in other places. And it's all very sad and very tragic. Uh, Harry Styles um, said something the other day and then he had to backtrack on it because um uh his, he and his bandmate Liam Payne were asked to list four of his favorite traits in a lady, and Liam quipped female that's a good trait, raising his eyebrows with a giggle, Harry chipped him with not that that's important and uh and then they had to issue a thing saying he was only joking he's not bisexual Because then people said are you are you going out with um with the d j Nick Grimshaw?" and he said, "No, no, we're not dating, we're just friends." It is actually possible, I suppose, for a heterosexual man to be friends with a gay man. Hopefully without the gay man thinking too much about the heterosexual little friend who's in a little boy band. But uh, Harry Styles just likes the publicity. Who cares? Listen, it keeps people guessing, makes him marginally more interesting, doesn't it? Is he gay? Who knows? You know, does he find men attractive? Who knows? I remember asking somebody once, straight friend, and I said, um, I said, do you think so-and-so's attractive? And they said, how would I know? I'm a man. I said, but can you not spot if somebody's attractive? No. I thought, oh, just me again then. I can always spot somebody who's good looking. It's me. And uh, it's looking in the mirror, which is quite nice. You know, people do that. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. What else were they talking about today? Oh, actually, I will have a list of those people who did walk from the jungle. Uh, They didn't actually achieve anything. And uh, it is the usual suspects. Plus... How safe are those kids' costumes on the high street? And the answer is, they're not very safe at all, even from the major retailers. I'll give you the rundown. Got to be careful. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast, with you until 6.30 this morning. Uh, Mums who drink whilst pregnant could be branded criminals. The Festive Latte. And they're on sale in all the coffee shops. You know, this one's got that on. I've never had one because they look a bit... They seem to have cream on the top of them and stuff like that. They they look lovely, but they're as fatty as a Big Mac. As the singer is accused of racism, the one we brought you the other day, dressing up as a Native American Indian. What next? You can't dress up as cowboys. Ridiculous, isn't it? The berry that is two fruits in one. And uh, John Galliano has lost his anti-Semitic sacking battle. And who's off to the jungle for the worst high street in Britain? It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more is next. See. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. This is what everybody wakes up for. The festive lattes on the high street. As bad for you as a Big Mac. They've got more sugar in than you can shake a stick at. I've got the doll that's going to drive all the kids mad at Christmas. This one you can have a conversation with. I suppose it's a bit like a Tamagotchi, only this one actually speaks... I find a little bit uh, worrying. John Galliano has lost his anti-Semitic sacking battle and the whiplash claims have rocketed in this crash for cash scam which is going on. Whiplash, I don't even think it exists, but they're playing out a lot of money on it and generally it's staged and it's bogus. All of that and more on LBC this morning. And I'll have the top toys for Christmas as well. There is a list already. I know it's November and I know we have to start talking about it because otherwise we're going to get to Christmas and the list that I will give you now will bear no resemblance to the list which finally comes out at Christmas when all of a sudden some rogue toy will pop in and they'll go, this is the one you've got to have. You've got to find it very quickly. Before that, though, you remember uh, Claudia Winkleman's daughter goes out trick-or-treating on Halloween. She's got an outfit on. And it comes with a cape. And, unfortunately, the cape brushed against a pumpkin which had a nightlight in it. And it went up very quickly. And I said yesterday, how many more of these outfits are on sale on the high street... That are not fire retardant because you don't you don't really think do you you don't think that a kid's costume is going to burst into flames we know it with sofas and with bean bags and stuff like that they they've tested them so they go out the other day and they decide to test they went to uh, Sainsbury's first of all and they're dressed there it's a netted skirt uh, in ten seconds it caught fire immediately. Within 27 seconds, the lining caught fire. Ten seconds later, it's fully ablaze. By 55 seconds, only the top part of the outfit is still undamaged. So then they go to Marks and Spencer's, and they've got a pink skeleton costume. It smoulders before the flames take hold at around 60 seconds. You see, by that time, you're hoping by that time you could have put it out or done something. By 86 seconds, the thing is ablaze, and by 93 seconds, everything's gone. Go along to uh, this one here. It's a a pumpkin tutu. One second, it catches. uh, In an eight seconds, it's burnt out. That's how fast these things are. That's how fast. Uh, The other one is a dress from George and Asda. A flame is held under the red dress. In one second, it catches fire. Slightly, small flame, it burns out. uh, And... uh, The heat causes the 100% polyester skirt to shrivel slightly. So that appears to be the best one. That appears to be the best one. But either way, you've got to be careful buying these costumes. You've got to keep kids away from bare-naked flames because it's not the kind of thing you want. You don't want to go through what Claudia Winkleman is going through at the moment. And we've no reservations on the Ellie Squaw outfit. This is um, poor old Ellie the other day. Ellie Goulding. She dressed up as a Red Indian with a feather headdress and a skimpy tassel thing over sort of, you know, the lower regions. It just looks like a red Indian outfit. The kind of thing that, you know, Cher would wear on stage at Caesars Palace. Loads of other people would wear. Kids dress up. You know, it's cowboy pew, 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 And Indians, woo, 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 like that kind of thing. And, uh, and she was pirouetting in front of a camera. Rod Liddle says today, uh, me, I'm um, sexy, squaw. You want powwow, big boy. And, uh... He says, no, sadly, she's in big trouble now. Racist, you see. Ellie is the latest victim of the politically correct fancy dress police. There is now almost nothing you can wear as fancy dress which won't get you into trouble. You are demeaning somebody wrote to her. I mean, it shows how stupid they are. Native Americans, by dressing in such a way. Actually... Native Americans is no longer the approved terminology. It's First Nation Americans. Just that like I point that out to the uh, to the terminally stupid. He says, we'll also pass over the fact that I'll wager a thousand quid that no Native American ever dressed up as Ellie did. If they had done, the white American settlers might have been rather more peace peaceably disposed. I'd be happy to lose my scalp for half an hour in a wigwam with somebody who looked like that. But let's move on," he said. "Let's literally he said it's actually going to encourage me now to go and buy her records and stick two fingers up to all these stupid people, the politically correct who complain about just about anything. Oh, look, you can't do that. Was it somebody was complaining about it the other day? Oh, that's right. We were talking about pigeons flying rats. And I said, the only good pigeon is under the wheels of my car. I haven't actually scored that many over the years, but I've been more than happy to go along with Tom Lehrer, who uh, wrote a very famous song called Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. And you do get the balmy mad people who go, they're all God's creatures, you know, which is lovely, and it's very sweet. But uh, frankly, they cause an awful lot of uh, destruction of buildings, the mess. It costs thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds to clear up after these flying rats, which for some reason people want to feed. Can't imagine why. It's like people feeding swans and ducks. What for? What for? They, they've always ferret for themselves. That's the whole idea. They forage around there. And also pigeons. I mean, there's so many fast food shops on the high street now. They're never going to starve. You don't see pigeons lying there going, I'm emaciated, I can't eat anything. They've got so much food. There is so much rubbish on the high street. The pigeons now that they, they hop on buses. They can't fly. They haven't got the energy to take off. They really haven't. Farewell yesterday to Alvin Stardust. He got a rock and roll send off. He got 30 bikers. I don't know how that ties in, actually, with how, Probably My Cuckoo was the first record that started it for him. And so he got all these Harley Davidson people. And uh, he had his three, uh, I think, three wives there Iris Fenton. Lisa Goddard and Julie Patton. And they toasted him with Jack Daniels, because he died, as you know, uh, at the age of, I think he was about 72, 72. I interviewed him years ago for LBC. Years and years and years and years ago. So it's always a shock when they say, you know, somebody's died. And you go, but he can't be that old. And then they go, he was 72. And you go, are you sure? You always think they've made a mistake, don't you? And I know uh, that, in fact, uh, Noreen told me, that PJ Proby is 76 today. Seventy. I mean, how is this possible? Ridiculous. Anyway, she's going to see the Poppies at the Tower today, meeting a friend. No doubt I'll get lost at some stage. It's going to be very busy. My advice is go now. I know you can't. And uh, Zoe's standing in for Claudia again. She's very good, actually. I don't know why they didn't pick Zoe in the first place. That would be a lot easier, would it not? Uh, Dan says, hearing you talk about Christmas has made me chuckle. We've just finished buying and over the weekend wrapping all of the girls' presents. And boy, have they got some presents. Danny didn't realise just how much she's got them. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to say what it is, actually. But they've, they've actually got a, a bargain. And uh, he says, you know, p- apart from having these really nice presents, they've also got clothes and Disney. i tell you what's, what's going to sell out quick this year, the Frozen stuff from Disney. All of a sudden, that's, that's bounced back up to the charts again. I love the film and I love the music and I love the songs. But he says I'm now digging out decorations for outside the house. Ooh. Do you know, what they do? as I was leaving Twickenham in Middlesex this morning, they've started attaching lights to the uh, the pillar. They look a bit more. Uh, I don't know if they're last year's or they're new ones this year, but they look a bit bit more exciting than they did the other year. Jake Quickenden mean anything to anybody? Nope, me neither. I've no idea who he is. But apparently he's uh, he's he was on the X Factor, and now they say he's going to be signing up for I'm a Celebrity. Why would you want a nobody to go out there? I thought this is supposed to be a uh, the, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He's not a celebrity. He was a failure, wasn't he? What's the point of him going out there? Gemma Collins isn't exactly sort of top of your register. You know, when you think about people in The Only Way is Essex, what on earth would be the point? Perhaps she's got a good agent. Perhaps she's got a very good agent. Uh, coming up very shortly, it's going to be all the adverts for Christmas on the television. And there's going to be some nice ones, and they've got... The John Lewis Christmas ad, seven million pounds. They'd better shift some stuff over Christmas, hadn't they, to pay for it. Seven million pounds, and I believe it's got penguins in it. Now, whether they're real penguins or they're pretend penguins, I don't know. I don't know. It's a seven million pound festive story. And it's set to a cover of John Lennon's Real Love by Tom O'Dell. It follows Sam and his penguin, Monty. So it's a boy and a penguin, and then the, the penguins meet up, and they meet. You know, he meets another penguin. Either way, it's an advert for a store. Whichever way you look at it, it's not actually a Disney or a a DreamWorks film. It's an advert to get you to go into a particular store to buy stuff. It's got diddly-squat to do with penguins or anything else. And if they spend £7 on it, they're obviously looking for you to spend a lot of money. But you're not spending it, are you, in Marks & Spencers on clothes? You're buying food, but you're not buying clothes from Marks & Spencers. And the reason is, they're stuck in the Dark Ages, their clothes haven't moved with the times. I thought their women's section, per uno, had done quite well, but it appears not. And the, and the men's section of clothes, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost dreary. They don't seem to have moved on at all. I don't know why they haven't sort of caught up. Perhaps the people who are doing the buying don't know what people want nowadays. Frankie says, uh, good morning, Julia, and the rest of the fabulous LBC team. I don't know if he thinks I'm Julia or something like that. I find that slightly worrying. And um, so he says... Uh, oh, dear. He's, he says, you're not ancient and look beautiful. Definitely can't be me. Is he slightly odd, do you think? I think he's got the faintest idea where he is. He's <laughs> slightly peculiar. So there you go. So poor old Frankie. I think we'll put you out of your misery, actually. Uh, jails have been forced to install stairlifts to cope with rocketing numbers of pensioner prisoners. Apparently a lot of people now going to prison are pensioners. 8,500 over 65s were arrested, 34% up on 2009. So now they've got to introduce handrails, larger televisions with subtitles to cope whilst providing lags with hearing aids. What for? They're in prison. They've been naughty people. You've just smacked them on the wrist. I don't care whether they're pensioners. doesn't make any, any difference whether they're pensioners or whether they're not. Makes no difference at all. Have to provide bigger televisions. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish. Why should we waste our money? It's not the point at all, is it? Uh, Pat says uh, that took me back. I remember my dad cleaning his shoes on a Sunday. Uh, also used to work for Pan American, very proud of the uniform. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, I don't quite understand. So they sent home 215 pupils. This is the story of one mum and a number of them who are quite, uh, quite nasty. And, uh, been complaining about it, saying, what does it matter what shoes they're wearing? And the answer is, it doesn't matter for their education what shoes they're wearing. That's what the rule is within the school. The school uniform is you wear this. I never understand why. I think some girls wanted to wear trousers in the winter because it's cold, and one school forbade them from wearing trousers. And I thought, it must be freezing cold for the poor little souls. So you just have to adhere. If that's what the school ruling is, then that's what you have to abide by. It's five fifty. <laughs> The it's called Clegg today, being Thursday. So, Mr Clegg will be in the studio, taking your calls. There's lots of interesting stories, including, actually, the story of uh, of one of the Lib Dems' hierarchy, who says the lack of women MPs is a disgrace. They don't have enough female MPs, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, you know, it's, it's equal opportunities out there. Some people survive very well, some people don't. Some people go by the wayside, some people make a name for themselves very quickly, and then, unfortunately, the press being predominantly male, seems to uh, turn on them over what they wear. There must be some sort of shop that has sort of female MPs' clothing in it. The moment they start showing a bit of cleavage, the papers jump onto them immediately. Uh, lovely couple of stories in the papers today about an Indian couple. I say a lovely story, it's not a nice couple at all. The good news is that they're going to be jailed. Uh, they duped immigration officials. It's obviously quite easy, and they're as bent as they come. Mohammed, uh Wadiwala and his wife, Zanabibi, use false identities in the name of Sheikh to pocket cash for themselves and their children. They're just a pair of old bent fraudsters. They claimed asylum, saying they faced persecution over their Muslim-Hindu mixed marriage, but it turns out they were just liars. The officials in India couldn't even find them, so the case dragged on. Over five and a half years, they raked in a load of money, two grand a month, to house and uh, and, uh, and feed themselves. I mean, had they revealed their real names... They'd have been deported within a matter of months. Instead, they got £134,000. They live in Blackburn in Lancashire. They spoke through an Urdu interpreter. So they don't even bother speaking the language. They've been here five and a half years. The judge deferred sentence saying some form of custody, custody would be appropriate. Thank God for that. Thank God. For, then can we get rid of them? There's another one here. This is uh, another illegal immigrant. And uh, he uh, his name is uh, Naguyan. And I think he comes from... Where does he come from? Anyway, he was uh, he was six months in custody waiting for this court case uh, because he ran an illegal cannabis farm in this country, and so he waited. the The judge warned him, uh, you know, here's fifty pound rail fare, and now go and turn yourself in. So he had to go by himself to the immigration centre, turn himself in to be deported. So he takes the fifty quid and runs away. So he's vanished. Humberside Police declined to comment. The Home Office failed to respond to a request for comment. There must be thousands of these people. I love the way that you're supposed to just turn up at the airport and sort of, you know, arrange for your own deportation. Still remember that story that always made me laugh. The man who gets to the airport, we've gone through hell and high water to actually get him back to the airport to deport him, and then he suddenly remembers he's gay. Which, of course, he wasn't, because he turned out to be uh, married with with children, but he decided to be gay. So So for the purposes, they then went, oh, right, we can't deport you now. I quite understand why not, but uh, never mind. Uh, there is a, a rose for sale in the papers. Well, actually, I've got the world's most expensive bouquet. The world's most expensive bouquet at at uh, the moment is thirty eight point six million pounds. And you may think, for a bouquet of flowers, that's that's a tad on the expensive side. the uh, The bad news is, it's gone to China. It's gone to a filmmaker who bid for it over the telephone. Yes, it's not just any old bouquet. This is a Vincent Van Gogh bouquet 38.6 million which is up about 7 million on their estimate they thought about 31 million would go for but certainly not the top price for vincent's stuff so 38 i remember going to the rembrandt exhibition which i saw at the national portrait gallery a couple of weeks ago now that's quite awe-inspiring to look at something that's been around i didn't think it was that good i seriously some of the pictures i thought they were rubbish i know people go it's rembrandt you go i don't care i thought picasso was rubbish too Seriously, just a splodges, child of seven or a chimpanzee could have done it equally as well. They could put it up there and go, "Look, that's a that's a that's a Picasso," you know, go through his cubism and all this. And they said, oh, I did that at school, mate. Except the producer's producer shaking his head now. Thinks I'm a heathen. Thinks I'm a heathen. But the Rembrandt exhibition, when you look at some of his pictures, they weren't that good at all. And uh, who was the other one we went to see? There was it. It, it wasn't. Um, we didn't go to a van. Did we go to a Van Gogh exhibition? We went to one at Burlington House a while ago. And uh, sorry, yes, was it Van Gogh there? Was it a whole exhibition? Didn't he just go mad towards the end of his life, and he just painted everything? And half of it was that's right. Painted a chip. there was all sorts of strange things. But I always am amazed when you see these. When I saw the Rembrandts, I kept thinking, we've actually got pictures, you know, from hundreds of years in the National Portrait Gallery, and it's free. It's free. You can go in there and have a look at these fantastic pictures. Some of them are so well-known. So well, you look at them and you go, oh, my God, is that an original? The answer is, of course it's an original. They've got Canalettos. Even at the Wallace Collection, they've got a room full of Canalettos. They've got the Laughing Cavalier. All the pictures that, that you know and you've seen before. But this rose that has come up for sale is a single rose. And it's a very special rose. I don't know why they're selling it, really. But it was plucked from a First World War battlefield by a British soldier and posted to his wife. And they're going to sell it. Uh, Louis James Young, who survived the war, sent it to his wife Agnes from the Western Front in June 1917. It was to commemorate the death two years before of their daughter Lydia, who was seven. On an accompanying card, he wrote, An angel took my flower away, yet I will not repine, for Jesus in his bosom wears the flower that once was mine. Well, now the couple's granddaughter, who lives in Buckinghamshire and wishes to remain anonymous, has put it into a great war exhibition in Derbyshire where it could fetch £2,000. You'd think you'd want to keep it, wouldn't you? Why would you want to sell? And I I suppose the reason for selling would be that they quite clearly need the money. But I think it's a bit sad. I'm one of these people who hangs on to things. So I've got my parents' furniture. Me and my brother between us, my brother and I, have furniture for my parents. My brother's got books, everything. We've, We've saved, we haven't thrown anything away. I still think that somewhere, my brother's uh, repository, we've got my father's old REF uniform. We've kept things like... We didn't keep my, keep my mum's dresses or handbags. You know, that would be a little bit silly. I think they actually went went to charity shops. But I think we kept my, my dad's uniform. We've got all their photo albums. I wouldn't dream of throwing anything out. And something as uh, as poignant as, as a rose picked in 1917. I, th- I mean, it's a very sad story, but I want to keep it. I oh, always said to my brother, don't you ever sell anything of my parents without asking me first. Lee says, so we can't say Indians anymore. This is after the headdress debacle, and everybody quite clearly has, uh, has sided with, uh, with the singer and said, listen, it really doesn't matter, for goodness' sake. Of course, you can wear a, a Red Indian headdress. Cher's been doing it in her act for donkey's years. You don't have to. Otherwise, you might as well just close down every cowboy film. You know, and kids dressing up. That's what kids. Admittedly, you don't get too many. I mean, I, I did dress up as a Red Indian once. You know, and I had a little headdress. I remember the feathers used to fall out, and it was just a little one. You can go and buy them in, in 90% of the dressy-up stores. You can go and buy dressy-up outfits. You can be anything. So does that mean that we can't go out and dress up as our favourite characters from the movies? That's the whole idea, isn't it? Imitation, the best form of flattery. And, admittedly, uh, I think I was a better Injun than I was a cowboy. There was too much noise for the cowboys, and also I could never make my, my sort of holsters stay there with my guns in. And also, I never ever had two guns. We couldn't afford two guns, but I did have a cap gun. Pew, 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 And that was it. And I had a cowboy hat, and I had a badge, because I was a sheriff. And woe betide anybody who disagreed with me. I, the Indians didn't kind of get a good deal on that one, so I didn't really want to be a, an Indian at all. Diana says, I got on the tube train at Richmond, soon followed by a pigeon poddled around the carriage, hopped off at Gunnersbury. I did wonder if he was able to find his way back to Richmond. A very amusing incident. Yes, I agree. <laughs> see, things like that are quite funny. I told you, around our way, the pigeons are so fat, they're so overfed, they don't they don't bother flying. They just walk, hitch a lift, they can, pff, fly? I don't think so. Uh, Sue Ann says, let's see what they're going to be having at next year's Gay Pride. Cowboys? YMCA Indians? Yes, exactly. We have to take away the village people. They're not allowed to dress up. Imagine dressing up as a construction worker. Equal rights for construction workers, that's what I... And one of them dressed up as a policeman, and he wasn't even a policeman. We still laughed, though, didn't we? Uh, that's Iceman's just said, how would the village people fare on this one? They wouldn't do it at all well, I'm afraid. Um, uh, we bought some potato croquettes, and they were dry, lumpy, and we couldn't eat them. You have to cook them, you remember. You can't just sort of eat them raw. They're a bit a bit naff. I buy their potato croquettes, and I think they're absolutely wonderful. Sue says, rubbish pictures at the Tate Modern. Unfortunately, Tate Modern, it's no good asking me about it, because I'm not the biggest fan of Tate Modern. I can't bear it. I've, I've been there a few times, and I just I can't get into it at all. Uh, somebody else says, uh, M&S is really not going well. Their winter range shows improvement. They need customers. Food is all very much, you know, portion size and not great. People are shopping in Sainsbury's. Um, I, well, I think the, the problem is it's their clothes. The food's doing okay because we've got lazier over the years. They had um, that comedian on the television the other day, whose name has now escaped me, and she was saying her favourite thing was chicken Kiev. She said because I can't cook. She said so over the years I've cooked chicken Kiev, and uh, the host of the programme said that the first chicken Kievs were on sale commercially in Marks and Spencers way back in nineteen whatever it was when they were two pounds. There's still £2 today, if you work it out. You can get two of them for, I think, £4.70. So they've only just gone up marginally. And then occasionally they do two packs, so that's four chicken Kievs, for £7. Although when I speak to Michelle Rue, Jr. this weekend for In Conversation, and we've got Torville and Dean as well, 5 to 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, repeated at 9 o'clock on Sunday night... Uh, I think you'll find that Michelle Rue, Jr. will look down his nose at me when I tell him I like chicken Kiev, and then he asks me if I make it, and I went, "No, I buy it." He says, "You can make it." I thought that's why I'm a radio presenter. LBC News Time. It's five thirty. <laughs> Latest news headlines. Lisa is. Aziz- <laughs> Morning, everybody. Twenty six minutes to uh, six is the time. So thirty nine million for Van Van Gogh or Van Gogh's poppies. Uh, the estimate, £31 million. it went to um, a Chinese movie mogul, Wang Zhongjun, who bid over the phone at Sotheby's sale in New York. Imagine just possessing something like that. Imagine possessing... Do you think in his, in his lifetime... Well, of course they don't, do they? Artists never realise their their financial achievements during their lifetime. And so if he, if he could come back and they'll go, oh, by the way, £39 million... Pounds Try transferring that one. £39 million. It's just amazing, isn't it? And it's only for the super rich. I bet you could probably go round to somebody's flat. I remember talking to somebody once, a radio presenter, and he used to rent masterpieces because a lot of art galleries only have space for so many pictures on their walls. And so provided your security was up to it, they would lease their pictures out so you could have some really nice pictures on your walls. I've often thought, because I'm strangely drawn to pictures of snow... Any picture that's got snow in it, I absolutely adore. I could live in a room with just snow pictures. I'd be more than happy. And there's a few famous ones that have come up for sale over the years. I mean, way out of my price bracket. I think the cheapest was about £30,000. But I just felt like if you won the lottery, you could go around the art galleries and go, I'm looking for snow pictures, pictures with snow. And I don't care if they're Dutch. I prefer British or Scottish or something like that. But I just love snow pictures. That would be really Really unbelievable. But it's never going to happen. So, uh, Richard Little John is talking about Eddie Goulding and the outfit that has ruffled a few feathers. Although, strangely enough, my producer this morning, young James, says that is his outfit of choice for fancy dress. He likes... I don't know what it is about Native American Indians that strangely attracts him. But I also quite like the idea... The reservations now are, of course, hotbeds of drinking, of uh, gambling... And it's all sort of, it's all fallen apart, but there are still a few that hang on to the old traditions. I thought it must have been wonderful in those days, absolutely wonderful. When uh, Bill Cody came over here, Wild Bill, he brought over a lot of Native American Indians and they staged horse races with Indians and the cowboys and everybody else. And, and the, uh, the the crowds in London flocked to see him because we'd only ever seen things like that on the movies, never actually seen you know proper red Indians, proper cowboys these were people who actually lived that life. I don't think I could do it actually. I don't think all this sort of getting in and out of the saddle of being a gaucho I used to have a, i remember when I used to go riding as a child. I used to have a Mexican saddle which had a big pommel in the front of it and uh, and it had the actual stirrups looked like cups. you slipped your feet into it, so you didn't fall out. they weren't the the metal stirrups. It was lovely actually. But as Richard Littlejohn says, next he says, the uh, the idiots will try to stop children playing cowboys and Indians. You can't do anything nowadays, can you? There are certain words, you, say, oh, you can't talk about that, can't do this. Yeah, that's what my saddle looked like. That's a Mexican saddle. They're beautifully decorated, I loved it. I could actually put a saddle on a horse myself. Bit of an achievement, I thought, something to achieve at the age of 13. But we enjoyed riding, and it was very good. Uh, other stories in the papers for today. The doll that's going to drive you mad at Christmas. And uh, the dog is called Kater. The doll is called Kater. And uh, it's the world's first living doll that can talk about hobbies, tell stories, play games, and even help with homework by accessing the internet to search for her answers. You don't. This sounds like Chucky. You don't want this at all. Anyway, uh, this doll features in the top 12 list of toys predicted to be the best seller. She's 18 inches tall. She comes with a hairbrush and a mirror. Oh, riveting. See, girls do dolls. Boys don't do dolls at all. And uh, she looks like a traditional doll, but she's the first to be connected to the internet. She works by using voice recognition technology to hear what people say. She then sends the sound clip wirelessly to a smartphone app, which translates it into text and searches the internet for an answer. This thing will be doing the washing up and driving the car before you know it. Some parents don't seem convinced, with one writing on uh, forum Mumsnet. Personally, I find it a bit freaky. I'm sure it's going to drive me bonkers, but the manufacturers Vivid insisted the toy, which costs £58.99. Now, that that's doable. That's actually doable. I'm looking at it here. They all look a bit scary, these dolls, don't they? I remember Cabbage Pats dolls. I thought they were slightly odd as well. But uh, this one can talk about likes and dislikes. And it's a Google safe search technology which protects children from unsuitable material and blocks some words. If swear words or nasty words come up, should say, that's not very nice, we're not talking about that. But look at the face, see the face looks, it's Chucky, it's Chucky with a wig. Whichever way you look at it, this is a little bit scary. Um, other toys this year, a smart watch for children as young as five. See this is what the, the, the see I still think it's computers computer games and computer consoles. Uh, this is um, a kiddy zoom watch. It's 39.99, in other words it's 40 pounds. And it contains a camera, a voice recorder and games. The most expensive toy on the Christmas list is an interactive pet dinosaur called Boomer at just a penny short of 100 pounds. I mean, it's just a... Can you imagine if you've got... I was advocating the other day people having big families. You know, if you've got three or four kids and they go, oh, we'd quite like one of those. You go, well, you can't have it. It's £100. Before you know where you are, you could have spent £1,000 for Christmas. Not difficult. Not difficult, is it, really? You see, I I, I believe in not making presents, but I always worked, my parents worked, to one main present which they would spend, you know, a little bit of money on, not a, not a huge amount looking back on it now, or in today's terms. And then you'd have little presents, which would sort of make up, and I can't remember what the little presents would be. It might have been colouring pens or something like that. And we would go out and try and find presents for our parents. And uh, one of them I've still got. It's a little tiny Russian pillbox, for want of a better description, but hand-painted on the front. It's quite beautiful, and I think it cost less than a pound when I bought it. Less than, and I've still got it. Don't get rid of these things. You just hang on to them. I do want this new fruit. I should need to have a word with Paul Cooper about it. It's going to hit the the shelves very shortly. And it's a pineberry. They say here, discovered growing wild in South America, isn't everything? The fruit has been rescued from extinction by Dutch farmers. It's said to combine a flavour and smell like a pineapple with the shape and texture of a strawberry. It starts off green, gradually turning paler as it ripens. They reckon it's going to be in the shops by Christmas. You see, I love fruit like that. Whether it takes off, I don't know. But I, I quite fancy the idea of trying it. Perhaps somebody somewhere will have some and they'll go, ooh, I'll find some for you, Steve. <coughs> I, will, uh, I will notify you as soon as they actually come in. 84850steve, <coughs> excuse me, at lbc.co.uk. And um, uh, remember the picture which thousands admired till somebody pointed out it was upside down? Diana says there's a gorgeous painting for sale of Richmond Riverside and the bridge under snow at the gallery in Kew Road. About £350. So I think that's quite reasonable. £350, isn't it? But I, I just love oil paintings. I do love oil paintings. Uh, Van Gogh's sunflowers would probably fetch in excess of £100 million. Well, he did loads of sunflowers. I think he did 24 pictures of sunflowers. <laughs> Once you bought one, you bought the lot of them, I suppose. Uh, Ian says, look up uh, Andy Goldsworthy who does snow pictures as well. I knew you'd always know. <coughs> uh, Marks and Spencer's salmon and cucumber or cheese and onion sandwiches. Salmon and cucumber. Mm, sounds quite nice, Mike. And um, Diana says, I thought about the pigeon. He probably hopped over the rails and got another train back to Richmond. Still makes me laugh. Do you get an Oyster card? <laughs> I don't, don't, don't like to think about things like that. Um, Steve, I'm trying to find out the age to receive winter fuel payment. I thought it was 60. I know the retirement age has been put up to 63, says Dave. I don't know. What is the uh, the age to receive the winter fuel payment? We shall uh, we shall find out. Can't be that difficult. Uh am I missing something? A rose decades old how has it survived? Um it's dried. It's dried. It's a dried rose. It was it was sort of picked and then uh just dried out. Lots of people do that. I've still got, from Chris and Sharon's wedding, we all had buttonholes, I've still got mine. I've st- admittedly, it just looks like a dried up little flower now, but I promise you, it looked uh, lovely at the time. As indeed to all the poppies. And Boris has now said, let them bloom for longer. And he's pleaded for them to stay beyond Armistice Day so even more can pay their respects. I don't think it's a case of they're paying respects. I think they're going to see something that's quite spectacular. They're not paying respects. You know, we, we remember what happens, because we have the uh, Remembrance Day service. But I don't think we see these But pop- We go to see these poppies because it just looks spectacular. It's in a spectacular setting. It's, uh, you know, the Tower of London has been home to all sorts of people, including the Crays. They were imprisoned there for a while. People beheaded inside the Tower. It's home to the Crown Jewels. It's a little world within a world. And, of course, there was all the debacle some years ago when we got the first female beef eater. But uh, I've been on a tour with her. She's as good as the men, you know. I love, I love the fact that we've got things like that. It's fantastic, and so there couldn't have been a better place to put these poppies, unless you've done uh, Buckingham Palace and we've done a saint Lumière. Eating Rudolph is going to be one this year. When we went to take the godchildren out to see Father Christmas, we ate reindeer. So it's a case of here's uh, here's Rudolph, and uh, and here he is with dumplings, and uh, and they just eat it as normal. They just they don't think anything about it, and so Lidl... Are selling thinly sliced raw meat featuring in the deluxe range. Because all of these supermarkets now are going for deluxe ranges. I think Sainsbury's, a couple of years ago, had a gold range. And that was uh, attempted to entice people because you were getting better quality food. And now, because this is Carpaccio um, and it's a bit of a delicacy, they've had success before, Lidl, I think, in selling reindeer steaks. So why not sell Carpaccio? Uh, They've also got whole hams at £40. Have you bought a whole ham before? Bit of a treat. Sounds quite a nice thing to buy, isn't it? Uh, gingerbread houses at £4.99. A whole lobster for £5.99. It is. It's a whole lobster. It says a whole lobster for £5.99. Champagne at eleven ninety nine. I think it's Romanian champagne or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I always think champagne's got to be French, hasn't it? And they've got a Rioja reserve at £5.99. So there you go. A whole lobster for 5 99 Perhaps it's very small. Perhaps it's perhaps it's a lobster that hasn't eaten very much or something. I've never eaten lobster. i bought a couple, as you know, and i brought them in here. Two live... Oh, sorry, one one live, which freaked us all out, and the other one, which had been served up. And, uh, and I still never ate them. It's quarter to six. Ten to six is... No, it's not. It's 11 minutes to six. I do beg your pardon. Uh, on the winter fuel payment, you can get between £100 and £300 tax-free to help pay your heating bills if you were born on or before... The 5th of July, 1952. OK. And uh, you usually get it automatically if you get the state pension or other social security benefits. Not housing benefit, council tax reduction, child benefit or universal credit. You should get the, uh, the money by Christmas. Most payments made automatically, <coughs> excuse me, between November and December So you've got to be born on or before 5th of July 1952. Counts me out then straight away. So no winter payment for me today. Throw another log on the fire. So out they went yesterday doing a a demonstration. And uh, this is the anti-capitalists who threw barriers at police the other day. And who was in the middle of them? Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, These were the people who were out there with anarchists holding up signs saying, Hunt the rich. Who was there? Russell Brand with a fortune of £12.5 Vivian Westwood, with a fortune estimated at £115 million. What a pair of frauds! What a... Hunt the rich! And they're in the middle of you. These anarchists must be even dafter than I thought. As they neared Buckingham Palace, they were met by a large police presence. Brand addressed the crowd, being the attention seeker that he is, telling them, ''Let's stay cool.'' When they asked him to help them take Trafalgar Square. Where are we? And he's got 12 and Suckers. Fell for that one, didn't you? And Vivian Westwood, 115 million. Let's hunt the rich. Well, there's two of them in the middle of you. Didn't take long to find them, did it? Good grief. Unbelievable. I'm just looking at the fastest selling albums at the moment. I don't know any of these people. I've got no idea. Um, there is one which is moving. Well, all I have to tell you, I've heard of Eminem. I just didn't know he was going. I love all his sweets. Taylor Swift has done very well, but I can't move away from Taylor Swift. I turn on the television, she's on a chat show. Any programme she's not been on is In Conversation. It's only because I've said no, please not. But I tell you who we have confirmed for the week after next. We've confirmed Shirley Bassey to come in for a special In Conversation. So looking forward to it. So looking forward to it. In fact, I'm so looking forward to it, it's afternoon. I've got to go home. And then come back again for it. She's so worth it. And I think we're going to get to play you that one out, I think, over Christmas. Because as I said the other day, I'm here on Christmas Day. Sorry to ruin it for you, but we might as well open our presents together. We'll be here. We'll probably raise a small, a small glass or something like that. Might even pull a cracker if she's working. And uh, so we'll be doing that on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And then I'm here on New Year's Day as well, between 7 and 10 between 7 and 10, so it'll be that usual thing. We might even offer the helpline, which we've offered in previous years, for those people who've got no idea how to cook the turkey. As you know, my mother was generally sort of quite inebriated by Christmas. Not that she drank in any way, shape or form. She only liked a small sherry, but it only took a small sherry to have her on her knees in front of the cooker, laughing to herself. And I think on three separate occasions, she left the giblets in the turkey which is absolutely a no-no. You know, I remember we, we got the turkey onto the table. We went to carve it. I went, the giblets are still in it. She said, oh God. Because they always come in a little bag packed inside. Not for you vegetarians listening. You don't get the little bag packed inside. And she'd managed to actually put the stuffing against the giblets. I mean, it was just a disaster. It really was. But anyway, always mildly entertaining. She, of course, couldn't stop laughing about the whole thing. So we might do that on Christmas Day. And then by the time we get to New Year's Day, it'll be trying to save your poinsettia. Again, it is possible to save poinsettias and to have them year in, year out. But I always say, listen, they're so cheap. Just... Throw it away and get another one, because once those leaves start going, you might as well give up. You really might as well give up. Uh, The festive lattes are all over the place at the moment. You can't move in all the coffee shops which proliferate the high street to get something festive. I personally don't go for them. They look to me, as a diabetic, like an absolute nightmare on legs. And they are. They are so full of sugar. In fact, there's more sugar in some of these festive lattes as there is in a Big Mac. So, uh, I don't know, what's more preferable, Big Mac or a festive latte? It's the school kids seem to buy them. They're only on the menu for a, for a very short time, but in, in that... T- they look quite nice, it's just, it's, it's squirty cream on the top, and much as though I love squirty cream, I really don't... I might as well just lie down on the floor and sort of empty the can into my mouth. Uh, poor old David James, who's a bankrupt, the goalkeeper. He's been forced to auctioning, signed memorabilia, with prices starting at £20. He earned an estimated £20 million during his 25-year career. Um, He lifted the FA Cup for Portsmouth in 2008. He's put uh, personal belongings up for sale, including a Raleigh bicycle, a petrol-driven chainsaw. He's selling the items because he's obviously got through all of his money. I think he, he amassed 53 caps for England, which is some going, isn't it? Declared bankrupt after building up debts following the breakup of his marriage. He was forced to pay his ex wife Tanya three million as part of a divorce settlement after he split with her to rekindle a relationship with an old flame. And so then he went back so he's earned twenty million pounds and blown it. You know, I think that is just absolutely horrendous. That somebody would be given that much money over a twenty five year period, nearly a million pounds a year, and he's got nothing. And so he's reduced to selling his uh, Portsmouth jersey from the FA Cup final. Uh, All of these things which are available uh, is car, bicycle, a chainsaw, some speakers. It's mainly shirts, though, with his name on and number, which he's kept over the years. And that's how he's surviving. But he got through 20 million. 20 million. I think that's just awful. I think that shows a a gross lack of respect for either your money or any intelligence without to look after it. Whether or not he paid her three million. Whether or not. Why do these people live beyond their means? I was talking to somebody the other day about Christmas presents, and I mentioned on the programme that the the kids are are sort of having one big present this year, as opposed to lots of other presents, but presents are so expensive now. If you've got two children, it'd be easy to spend £500 on presents for Christmas, because what do kids want nowadays? iPads, iPad minis, They've all got phones. All of my godchildren have all got... uh, The youngest hasn't got a telephone, so she likes to play with my phone. But she's got an iPad... An iPad mini. They've all got these. They've got Blackberries and stuff like that. I dread... I mean, it must be been a frightening time for parents going, let's hope there's not too many adverts on the television uh, showing lots and lots of presents that we can't afford to buy. Uh, film fans uh, who are tired of trailers that give away too much of the plot. Because you know when you see a... sometimes you see a trailer and you go, oh, that looks nice, and you suddenly realise they've shown you the whole film. They've shown you most of it. And so what people want is they want to be teased rather than pummeled with narrative. They've actually been investigating this. Wait, wait for this one. The University of East Anglia. They've got nothing better to do than work out that people don't like trailers for things. More than 80% of cinema goers said they'd been disappointed by a film after watching an action-packed preview. We used to have adverts on the television a few years back and one of them, I think it was called The Last Snows of Spring... And it was absolutely lovely. It was so pretty, it was, it was like Heidi, you know, in the meadows of, of the Swiss Alps and all the rest of it but, it, but a tragic story. And it wasn't until you went to the cinema you realised it was dubbed. It was a dubbed film, which meant that you had to listen to voices coming out of the screen that had nothing to do with the actors or actresses. It was quite awful. You couldn't concentrate because you were too busy trying to match up their lips moving with, uh, with, what was, with what was going on on the screen. So I lost the plot. So I, I sort of gave up after that. Last Snows of Springs, it was called. And it went into all the cinemas, and people got very excited. And then they came out going, it's a dubbed film. And after that, I didn't, uh, I didn't bother with, with dubbed films at all. Um, there is lots of stories in the uh, in the paper today about uh, the Beckham. The Beckhams seem to manage to get the most amazing amount of coverage in every paper. Their son, who's 13, has modelled for Burberry for their Christmas thing. And so the uh, the family have managed to jump in on that bandwagon as well. And, uh, and they were all there. But uh, now the wardrobe of the Beckhams, you remember that Victoria had a clear out of her wardrobe and gave it all to um, the people of Africa, I think. Although, to be honest with you, what in God's name are they going to be doing walking around in designer stuff in Africa that won't fit them? I can't imagine. She's only about the size of a pencil. But now David Beckham has come together with Farrell Williams and Rita Ora, for a new fashion campaign, they've already shot video and pictures for a, for a collaboration. they both got ranges with uh, Adidas, and Bex has designed for them before. David Beckham's designed. Um, but there's no end to this man's talent. He now designs clothing. How fantastic. How fantastic. It's just something else, though, for the Beckham. Do you think the Beckhams have a really... I'm surprised we haven't had a a photo shoot for Hello! magazine of the Beckhams at Christmas, sitting around a huge tree, like the biggest in the entire world, that would fit nicely into the Rockefeller Centre, and sitting there surrounded by presents. I mean, what do the Beckhams give their children for Christmas? Modelling contracts? Do you think that's, you know, we've managed to find... Harper Seven's now going to be advertising beer. You know, there's got to be something out there, because they've all done it, haven't they? One's been a barista, but that lasts about five seconds, and um, a couple have done modelling for Burberry. And uh, Bex has done, well, just about anything. And uh, Vicky, she doesn't really do ad campaigns; She's too busy designing clothes uh, for little thin people. (laughs) Mums who drink whilst pregnant could be branded criminals. This was a case that was highlighted on LBC only a couple of days ago. Boris says, let the poppies stay a little bit longer so everybody can go down and pay their respects. I say people aren't going to pay their respects. They're going because it's a spectacle. Uh, the worst high street in Britain. I'm terribly sorry. It's you in the Midlands, Dudley. Apparently Dudley High Street is absolutely dreadful and that's the best impression you're going to get. Please set to arrest 18 prison warders in a sex attack inquiry in a borstal. Scotland Yard reduced the number of detectives looking for Madeleine McCann. The Christmas ad war and the berry that's two fruits in one. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That and more is next. Eat. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Early Breakfast on LBC. I'm Steve Allen. Mums who drink whilst pregnant could be branded criminals. This was a case that was highlighted on LBC a few days ago. Uh, we have the doll that's going to drive you mad at Christmas. It can actually hold a conversation. It's only about £60, which actually, in terms of Christmas presents today, seems fairly, uh, fairly inexpensive. Doris... Doris? Boris? What's the puppet Doris... Wants the poppies to stay for a bit longer. And John Galliano has lost his anti-Semitic sacking battle. Uh, The whiplash claims have rocketed in the crash for cash scams. And who's off to the jungle? Oh, and the worst high street in Britain. You know now it's just full of pound shops, bookies and takeaways. And it's in Dudley in the West Midlands. Sorry about that, but I think it's probably indicative of the rest of the country. Uh, The McDonald's closed years ago. Uh, all it is is just cheap discount shops, and once you get cheap discount shops, the rest of it just collapses like the pack of cards. It was Mary Mary Porters, wasn't it, who was supposed to be revitalising our high streets, and I don't know what the answer is. I still miss Woolworths. I still miss Woolworths. But you've now got Woolworths out there which has been turned into Poundland because the shops were too big for anybody to do anything else with, and uh, most high streets are full of coffee shops. And so if people can afford coffee shops, then presumably they can afford to buy other things. And so what they've done is they've actually looked at the at Dudley and they've looked at the, at the shops here. The best for shops is Westfield, which is uh, here in London. It's part of... Uh, there's two. There's two of them. 312 shops there. Chelsea's got 290. This is a score that they're giving them out of 400. Canary Wharf, very good. And Brent Cross. See, Brent Cross has been there for donkey's years. Again, another shopping centre. The worst for shops scores out of 400. And what they do, they look at everything on the high street to find out, are any of the uh, the big high street retailers there or the big coffee shops there? If they're not, then they score low. Dover comes in at only 13. Ellesmere Port in with 12 points. Morecambe, nine. Morecambe must be really run down. Uh, Clenethley, I'm sorry for my pronunciation, Caroline. It's just absolutely dreadful at this time of the morning, but it's the best I can manage. Eight, and Dudley in the West Midlands, Five out of 400, because every other shop is a cheap takeaway or a place where you borrow money. And uh, and that's why they've said it's it's just run down. It's all takeaways, pound shops, charity shops, bookies. What they need is the big chains, and they don't get them. The big chains don't want to go there. So once you get pound land, that attracts people in. Uh, once you get charity shops, and I hate to say it, but Twickenham is where I live, is absolutely overrun with charity shops. and uh, And bookies we have all of those and we have the fast food as well not so good front page of the sun after we brought you the uh, claudia winkleman story about her daughter whose costume caught fire and she's now got serious burns and uh, she will recover but again the the sun decided to go out and test a lot of these costumes, which are on sale, they're very inexpensive in some places, and some of them go up really, really fast. They're fireballs, they say. They're absolute fireballs. So, uh, before you buy some of these costumes, I check out with uh, the sun this morning. A security guard has been banned from returning to work after coming back from Nigeria, an Ebola-free country, over fears he's carrying the deadly virus. Sam arrived home <coughs> Excuse me, after visiting his uh, mother, to find a letter from his boss telling him him to keep away uh, for at least three weeks because the staff were worried that he might infect them. But there is no Ebola in Nigeria. Um, The black immigrant's white English wife, who works at the same company, has been allowed to stay on despite coming into contact with him. They can't make up their mind down here. This is in uh, Falmouth in Cornwall, and he says, there's obviously a stigma surrounding me. It's just ignorance and a nightmare because I can't work. And yet, strangely enough, his wife, who has been hanging around with him for ages and ages, is allowed to go into work. I don't quite understand it either. But there you go. I'm sure that one will run over the weekend as well. Pippa Middleton is on the brink of landing a career as a TV news reporter with no experience whatsoever. That was... Uh, it's roughly akin, as far as I'm concerned, to the story that emanated from Australia that an Australian breakfast station has signed up Katie Price because of her outspoken views. Wait till they realise she doesn't actually have any outspoken views and her thoughts on fashion and celebrity. She doesn't have any thoughts on... She doesn't know anybody. She only knows Michelle Heaton and uh, Kerry coke She doesn't know anybody else. What's the point of having... A, they'll, they'll have worn her out inside about two days. So Pippa Middleton will become a correspondent on the Today programme on the NBC network. She's already been dispatched for a trial run of her skills. What skills? I didn't think she had any skills. Apparently, Today has been doing a test piece with Pippa in Utah, and if it works out well, they'll hire Oh, in other words, they haven't hired her yet. I should imagine you're going to be getting things from proper journalists going. Excuse me, I'm a proper journalist. Well, because uh, I told you that the Americans absolutely love anything. Anything connected with the royal family. Somebody who sort of sneezed near the Queen Mother can probably get a gig straight away on television. They're they're really into that kind of thing. They just love the royal family because they don't have a royal family. Front page of the Daily Mail, you're going to be very disappointed because uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has announced that he's going to get married to Sophie Hunter. So it takes him off uh, off the playing field. People are not very happy about that one at all. Uh, But the story about women who drink comes from the Daily Mail today. And this is women who drink heavily during pregnancy. And don't ask me what the definition of heavily is, because I think it's different for different people. Lawyers for a girl born disabled because of her mother's excessive alcohol consumption say the uh, woman committed a crime of violence by drinking half a bottle of vodka and eight cans of strong lager a day. They argue that she administered a noxious substance to the unborn child. Now, this is a case which you could have... Far-reaching implications for expectant mothers. The Court of Appeal yesterday asked to rule that irresponsible drinking in pregnancy should be unlawful. There are understood to be around 80 similar actions ready to be launched if the case is successful. Wow. Daily Express, we managed to find Prince Charles doing something we don't really expect him to do. He's dancing. Yes, here he is dancing. He's on his trip to Mexico doing a little bit of waving of handkerchiefs. It's a bit like Morris dancing, but without the banging of the sticks. Uh, the other story in the front of the Express, outrage as the French demand British Police Patrol Calais. We've already been told that the police have no intention of going there over there, that the French have to look after this for themselves. Can't bail them out every time, can we? And having a sense of purpose as you get older can help you live a longer and healthier life. Keeping fit, we all know the uh, the rules, don't we? Keeping fit, eating well and avoiding smoking are all vital, but having a meaning... And purpose in life, whether it's helping others or having an absorbing hobby, are just as important for long-term health. It's either health, weather or diabetes or Diana on the front page of the Express. Uh, The Mirror today, the pupils were sent home, 215 of them in a row over the uniform. The schools say this is what the uniform is. These pupils turned up quite clearly with a blatant disregard for authority. And so they got sent home. Bye-bye. Off you go. You know, you're not coming back until you've adhered to the rules. You know, everybody else manages it in the school. There's another 800 people. They know what to do. 215 idiots turn up and, of course, they've managed to find a couple of mums who've said it's disgraceful. It doesn't matter what footwear they're wearing. No, you're right. It doesn't matter what footwear they're wearing for their education. But the rules of the school are this is what you wear. This is what is acceptable. If you don't like it, take your child elsewhere. They're not bothered. They can always fill it with uh, with people who know how to uphold the law. You can only feel, can't you, that when these mothers start shouting off that their, their children are going to get the idea that if they don't want to do something, just shout and swear and just totally disregard authority. So uh, a downward spiral to the Jeremy Kyle show for them. Uh, the Jungle Secrets behind the scenes with Anton Deck as uh, Mel and Gemma sign up. Normally they don't like to tell you who's going in, but to be honest with you, somebody who's a stick-thin and somebody who is the size of a small whale going into there, neither of whom are particularly interesting. They don't have anything that they can they can offer us, that I think would make them an interesting person to watch. And the whole idea about I'm a Celebrity is that you're supposed to watch people. I suppose they're picked because they could both be car crash television. And car crash television nowadays seems to get the ratings. The reason that they put people in there who they think are going to have a breakdown is because we laugh. Uh, Or it's somebody like Helen Flanagan, who people just voted every time for the Bush-Tucker trials, because that was mildly amusing and people got immense fun out of it. I suppose we could sort of make Gemma Collins eat all sorts of strange things, and that would amuse us as well. But uh, as for calling her a celebrity, not really. Not really. Uh, More in the uh, papers today on Prince Charles dancing. He's not a bad dancer, actually, but I found him on YouTube the other day doing a Royal Variety performance where Dame Edna crashes the royal box. And that was very funny. It's 615 Morning, very Nice to have Company 6.20. Nick Ferrari uh, with you from 7 o'clock this morning. Don't forget, it's called Clegg being Thursday. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Sue says a chap at work will be a grandfather for the first time in a couple of weeks. He's already talking about what to buy the baby for Christmas. And uh, another one here, Russell and Vivian. Yes, the champagne socialists were out there. It's so hilarious, isn't it? They seem to have two d- sort of double values, both worth immense amounts of money going out there, sort of, you know, uh, against the rich, which, of course, is exactly what they are. But don't let me tell you that you heard it here first. Um, another one here. It says... Oh, this is about the, um, the shopping centre. Apparently there is a shopping centre near Dudley, a very large indoor shopping centre with all the big high street names. How can Dudley Town compete? Says P. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? That's when the high street starts going and it starts disappearing. So if you look at Shepherd's Bush, the sort of shops that are there are not an indicator of what's on in Westfield. It's all the fast food shops. And there is a little shopping centre, but when Westfield opened, I should imagine they all took a, a knock on that one. Because people build. There's, there's another one out at uh, Stratford as well. Stratford East, which is a huge shopping centre. I mean, it's abs- it's rammed. I remember going out there one time. It was not... Yeah, there's, there's not, not pleasant shopping, as far as I was concerned. Far too busy. Far too busy. A lot of people not buying things, but looking in some very, very nice shops. Uh, Ange says, did you see Coach Trip on Tuesday? Absolutely hilarious. All dressed up as clowns, shouting and fighting. Yes, I mean, it was it was really quite uh, quite bad, I'm afraid. But uh, if that's the way that they're heading, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, uh, in uh, In West Norwood, they've got the... They've got the frozen bit out there this morning and it is true actually you're going to get more and more cold and you're going to get more and more frost and you're going to get more and more having to scrape your windscreen was that did andy say that was it sort of scrape your windscreen scrape your windscreen we think that's our new our new slogan actually just very quickly on the on the jungle and the people who are going into it well so they've said so far Gemma collins and um i don't believe the one about the x factor but they talked about people who went walkabout. Malcolm McLaren changed his mind the day he was due to arrive. Freddie Starr lasted one day. Camilla Dallarup changed her mind after three days in the camp. Brian Harvey was just a complete waste of space. Uh, Daniela Westbrook was hit by the nine-day curse. Because she, uh, do you remember her sitting, seeing her sitting there contorting her poor face up, saying, I miss my kids? Katie Price also left... Uh, After nine days on the second stint, All Saints singer Natalie Appleton lasted nine days. John Lydon abandoned camp 11 days in. And George Hamilton abandoned series nine after 17 days in the jungle. Uh, Funnily enough, some people (coughs) who come out blame the producer for bad editing because they think that their fans are not seeing them in the right light. So people complained about it. I think Vic Reeves complained and uh, also Mike Reed Although actually, I, I, I do, and I am of the opinion that they get to, or we get to see what they want you to see. So sometimes some celebrities didn't feature very much. So Mike Reed didn't feature as much as you uh, as you probably wanted him to in the programme. Either way, they get voted, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, voted out, and um, and the rest, as they say, just provides us with endless. Cheap amusement and Anton Deck. I want to see Anton Deck having to do some of these bush tucker trials. That would that would make it marginally better, as far as I'm concerned. If they can do it, then I think everybody should be able to do it. Front page of the uh, Metro today. They've got uh, this security guard, uh, Jules Oliver, has done a sort of an interview talking about uh, her and Jamie's mad night with Brad Pitt, which makes for quite an interesting read. Quite an interesting read. Front page of the Telegraph, uh, Karen Brady, motherhood is not menial. She's lovely, Karen Brady. I say that because she used to work at LBC. And uh, petrol companies and supermarkets are to be warned for the first time there is pass on price cuts to motorists. Because the the price of a barrel of crude has dropped from about, I think, $115 to about 80 something So you should be seeing savings at the pump. But bearing in mind, there's so much duty on this stuff nowadays. I mean, it's a blooming miracle in London. I don't know what it's like around the rest of the country. So I think that they need to uh, to move it down. It should be, by the end of uh, this Parliament, 20 pence per litre cheaper. i not sure I can wait that long. I quite like it by the weekend. Thank you very much indeed. The Times, front page this morning. Uh, Lewis in East Sussex is the place where they have the big bonfire carnival. They march through the streets and I think 80,000 spectators went down. A friend of mine should have gone. He said yesterday it's far too cold to go down to Lewis in East Sussex, Uh, Obama defiant, despite the poll humiliation, that's also front of the Times, and Sherlock, the mystery woman, and their special announcement, you've already heard that one before, Uh, (coughs) Rebecca Brooks in a new email, mystery, is the front of the Independent, Minister denounces prison madness, Chris Grayling's punitive approach, not based on evidence, says Simon Hughes, and uh, that features front page of the Independent as well. Uh, plus young people at risk of downward mobility as the top jobs grow scarce. Just about it for this morning. Oh, Martin Lewis, the money-saving man, is on the front of the Telegraph. How to save £30,000 on your mortgage. What a miracle that would be. What a miracle. Thank you for your uh, texts and emails this morning. I think we managed to just about uh, squeeze everybody in. There's a Commonwealth Fair at Kensington Town Hall on Saturday from 11.30 till 6, which is Good. Somebody said, I didn't realise the programme and all the clowns arguing was coach trip. I thought it was Prime Minister's question time. Ooh, bitter, bitter, bitter. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. The podcast, incidentally, the free one from yesterday, is now there. It should have been sent to your uh, telephone, and we'll have another one for you up very, very shortly. And uh, we had lots and lots of, uh, of texts that we didn't have a chance to get round to, so possibly we'll have to do them tomorrow morning on the programme. So if you sent in a, an email... We should better do it tomorrow. You can download the LBC app or there's TuneIn Radio Tune if you missed any of today's show, the podcast service on lbc.co.uk. Coming up at seven o'clock, it's Nick Ferrari with breakfast. Don't forget it's called Clegg being Thursday, but next it's Lisa Raziz with the morning news.